You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the Bible. Even though it's fun to talk about serving and family stuff, would you open them with me to Matthew chapter 20, please? So last week, um, we talked about partnering together in the gospel. And that's sort of the, the, the heart of as we, as we come together as a church, it's not just um, to be in a place and sort of sit for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, but actually that we partner together to glorify Jesus, that his rule and reign would be extended through us together as a community. And so we're, we trust that as God brings people in, that he's going to speak. He makes it really clear that he wants to add you to a church and that he knits our hearts together, that we actually begin to build relationship together. So if you weren't here for any reason last week, whether it was because you were in ISO or you were away on holiday or whatever it was, um, can I ask you, I don't do this very often, but can I ask you to make some time and to listen to the podcast from last week? I think it's really important for what God has for us as a church in this coming year that we're sort of all on the same page around partnering together for the gospel. Um, what does that look like? How does it involve? So you can, you can uh, get our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, or on our website. Um, all, the, all the places. I think it's vital for us as we look forward into the year. And so um, we want to be a people that are added and knit together. We want to see Jesus adding people. Um, and we want to partner together to passionately pursue his presence. I mean, that's, you know, when we gather on a Sunday, it's not just to go through the motions. It's not to tick a religious box. It's that we want to passionately pursue his presence. We want to honor him. We want to, you know, like, uh, like Psalm 139, there's nowhere we can go from his presence. But as we gather, it's not just so that we can kind of go, yep, I've done the church thing this week. It's actually we want to pursue his presence. And from that place, of pursuing his presence, it results in action. It actually results in us going, you know what? Because I've encountered him, I wanna tell other people about him. Because I know him and I find my purpose in him, I want others to know him. And you know, th that's why we do this. It's not just to build, you know, to build a gathering. It's not just to, 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 to build a meeting or a church name. It's about Jesus. We wanna be a people who know Jesus and make him known. And um, in 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4, it talks about the glory of God. It's great. I'm not going to read all of it this morning because we don't have time, but let me encourage you to go away and read 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and chapter 4. Um, it talks about the glory of God. The glory of God is his very character. It's his very person. It's his presence. Um, the Bible talks about his glory right through the Bible. Um, in, the, in the New Covenant, in the, the New Testament, as we have relationship with him, the glory of God, part of that is us being um, recreated in, us growing in, or being transformed into his character and nature. It's actually, we get to reflect something of his glory as we become more like him. We're, we're being uh, transformed into the very sort of character and nature of Jesus. We don't become Jesus, but we are becoming like him. He's being formed in us as we walk in relationship with him, as we spend time with him, the, 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 the parts of us that don't give him glory, as we open our hearts, he deals with that. We, you know, we lay them down. We put them to death. We, you know, we, we are made whole, and we become more like him. The more like him be, we become, the more we're sort of tr transformed or changed to be like him. Um, the Bible says that we move from one degree of glory to another. The more we become like him, the more we reflect who he is. 
when other people see us, the more we become like him, the more they see him. That's sort of the goal while we're here on earth. It's that we passionately pursue his presence and from that place, we become more like him. We're transformed from one degree of glory to another and we become more like him. And then when other people see us, they see more of him. We reflect his character and nature. Um, it's, this thing is like we're in him and he's in us. And the point of that is that we know him more, but also that other people through us see him more. We reflect. James talks about re reflecting who he is, like a mirror, that we reflect Jesus. That's the fun that the kids' church have. Go join the team, because they get to like, they party. They, they, every week, they want us to hear them. So their goal, the goal of the kids, apart from worshiping Jesus, is that we would hear them. So afterwards, tell the kids that we heard them. They'll be very excited. Everything we do as followers of Jesus is an opportunity to grow in and reflect his character and nature, to reflect the glory of Jesus. One of the practical ways that we partner together and also how we reflect the glory of God or we uphold Jesus is through our service. Now, hang on, I'm not just gonna get you, this is not just a push to get you to sign up for church. It's the heart behind service. It's beyond the church. But one of the ways we reflect him is by serving him and serving others. We found Matthew 20. We're gonna read from verse 20 to verse 28 of Matthew 20. It says this. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, came up to Jesus, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And Jesus said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. That's a big thing to ask of Jesus. Jesus answered, um, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? They said to him, we are able. And he said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and to my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those to whom it has been prepared by my father. And then, the, uh, and then when the 10 heard this, so there's 12 disciples, two of the disciples like want this place of, of, of honor and glory in heaven. Like when we go to heaven, can we sit at your right and left hand? I find it fascinating that they didn't go ask him themselves. They got their mom to come ask for him. It's like, mom, can you, mom? So she comes and asks, and then the rest of the disciples hear about it. Um, and <laughs> so the, the rest of the disciples hear this, um, and it says this. When the 10 heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. They're like, who are you guys to ask if you can sit at Jesus' right hand and, and left hand? But Jesus called them to him, and he, said, and he said this. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great amongst you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to uh, be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I think this account sounds like many of us. Maybe not as straightforward. You may, maybe you haven't asked your mom to talk to Jesus for you, but I think often we try and make secret side deals with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I'll do this if you'll do that for me. If you'll, if you'll do this for me, then I'll do this for you. Does that strike a chord with anyone if we're honest with ourselves? Jesus, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you as long as you give me a place of recognition. Jesus, I'll, 
whatever it is. I'll do, you know, Jesus, I'll, you know, if you give me a promotion, I'll commit to going to a discipleship group every week. We just do little side deals. And even if it's just in our heart, sometimes it's like, Jesus, you know what? I'll spend more time with you if you'll just, uh, if you'll open this door for me. Jesus, I want your name to be glorified as long as people realize how much work I've put in. As long as they realize how much I've been through for the sake of your kingdom. Because Jesus, I really want it to be all about you as long as people realize that it, it took a lot of my effort to make it all about you. It all sounds kind of good when we're on our own, when we're reasoning with God, but then sort of when you hear it repeated back to you, it doesn't sound so good. And when others hear it, their response is usually like the disciples. It's probably a little, usually like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I love Jesus' response to this though. He doesn't smack them, he doesn't like tell them off. Jesus' response is this, he calls us close. He says, come and sit with me. I mean, I, I kinda like that they had the boldness to actually ask in the first place. You know, that they were close enough to Jesus to be like, oh, this seems a little bit like, you know, a little bit over the top, but let's go ask him. And he's like, look, I don't think you understand exactly what you're asking, which is often like the same with us. You know, we ask these things and Jesus goes, I don't know if you fully understand what you're asking. We say, God, give us the nations. He goes, I wanna give you the nations, but do you fully understand what you're asking? God, use me, you know, you know uh, open doors for me to preach the gospel. He says, I'm going to open doors, but do you fully understand what you're asking? I love that they, you know, that they, they said that, but he calls them close to sit with them. And he says this, you know that the, the way the world works and the kingdom is different from the world. He says, the rulers of the world lord it over them. Their great ones exercise authority over them, but it's not the same with my disciples. Whoever would be great amongst you must become a servant. Whoever would be first amongst you must become your slave. Because I didn't come to be served, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. I came to give my life as a ransom for many. Most of us think about the kingdom of God and we think positionally still. But Jesus says he came to serve. Therefore, as his disciples, we come not to be served, but to serve. It's different even from much of what the church teaches. Pastors are not to be served. We serve together. We serve, Je Jesus is to be served. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 12 says this, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, not the gift, but the act of service, they will glorify God. The goal of our hearts is that people would glorify God. Not that we would be served, not that we would have position, not that we would have greater profile, but that Jesus would be glorified, that he would be served, that he would have greater profile. That's the point of what we do. That's what we were talking about when we talked about partnering in the gospel last week. Not that, not that we would have a bigger name for ourselves, but that Jesus would be glorified. Jesus came to serve. His sacrifice on the cross for us was the ultimate act of service. And he says, would you follow in my example? He paid the price that we couldn't afford to pay. In doing so, he made a way for us to be restored to relationship with the Father. That's the good news of the gospel, that he laid down his life so that we can have life. If I'm gonna lift up Jesus, 
if I'm gonna reflect the glory of Jesus, if I'm gonna partner in the gospel, then it's about serving, not being served. It's about his profile, not my profile. It's about his position, not my position. In him, I'm a son. In him, you know, we're sons and daughters. In him, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. In him, we have position, but it's about his position, not my position. It's, it's a spiritual position, not a natural position. So when we, when we have this mindset that, that we want to do side deals with God, God, I'll serve you if you give me profile. God, I'll serve you if you give me a platform. God, I'll serve you if you give me fame or whatever it is. We're actually operating by the world system, not the kingdom. I want people to see Jesus through my service, not just me. I want people to see Jesus. We don't serve to earn something from God. We don't serve to make ourselves look good. We sit at his feet and we give him glory. From that place of being in his presence, we're stirred to serve others. We love to share testimonies as a church. We love to talk about what Jesus has done. But the point of testimonies is what has Jesus done? Again, the point of testimony is not that I look good, but that he looks good. It's not what I've done. It's what has Jesus done? It's to honor him alone. What did he do? It, you know, we, 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 we grow in this, but it's not a mini preach. We don't, it's not time to prove how much we know. It's time to say, this is what, you know, this is where I was, or this is where this person was, and this is what Jesus did, and we celebrate what he's done. That's the testimony. We say, Jesus, do it again. We serve because Christ is being formed in us, and he came to serve. It's an overflow of being in his presence. The dictionary defines serving as this, an act of helpful activity. Is that overly simple? You guys awake? You guys still good? An act of helpful activity, to help or to aid, to supply with aid, information, or service. It's, it's very straightforward, it's practical, it's not like, it's not really complicated. I think though, that service is more than just action. Service requires action, but I think service is more than just action. Service, I think, is a heart attitude that results in action. We can, we can do the act of service with the wrong heart and not actually bring glory to Jesus. It's a heart attitude that when our heart is transformed, how can, we not, how can it not result in action? But we can tick the service box in a religious way and not actually have the heart change that flows from being in God's presence. Service is born out of love. It results when we have the right heart change in Jesus being formed in us. It results in him being formed in us. This is not, like I said, this is not just a preach to get you to sign up. I, I would prefer that you don't sign up but you get the heart right. Please hear this. I would prefer that you get the heart of this and that you allow, you allow it to begin to permeate in you and that maybe in the future it results in you actually doing the, the, the action of serving, but I prefer that you actually get the heart rather than just put your name on a list. It's more about the heart to reveal Jesus and to serve in everything that we do. So if service reveals Jesus, then who do we serve? I don't want to talk necessarily just about how we serve. Who do we serve? Firstly, we serve Jesus. 
It's not like, it's not rocket science. We serve Jesus. We have to spend time honoring him. Uh, we have to spend time in his presence and honoring him if we want others to honor him. If we want other people to see him, we need to spend time with him. I love it. In the Bible, it talks about Mary and Martha, who both loved Jesus. But one was doing all the things, the other was sitting at Jesus' feet. One doing all the things was like, come on, Jesus, tell her to do all the things with me. And he said, no, no, no. She's chosen the better way. She's spend, spending time in my presence. I'm sure there were still going to be things to be done. It wasn't that she never did the things, but the starting point was in his presence. We don't serve to come into his presence. We serve from being in his presence. You go, oh, that's semantics. It's not. It's a massive heart difference. It's a massive different starting place. And it has a different end product. Everything we do, everything we do in life is with the heart attitude of I want to glorify Jesus. When you get this right, then your work is service to Jesus. When you get this right, uh, uh, leading your family is service to Jesus. When you get this right, when you go to the shops, it's serving Jesus. Everything we do is serving Jesus. Firstly, who do we serve? We serve Jesus. It says, as you work, do it in a way that brings glory to Jesus, that honors him. We have to get this. Kind of, I, I want to move on, but I, I don't want to move on because we have to get this thing. Otherwise, subtly, we're serving ourselves. We work so that we get, you know, more money. We work so that we get promotion rather than we work so that people see Jesus in our work. And through that, God, he opens the right doors. Through that, he, he, he brings promotion. Through that, he supplies our needs. Anyway, secondly, we serve our families Firstly, we serve Jesus. Secondly, we serve our families. It's not just like we serve Jesus, we serve the church, and our families get left behind. No, no. Everything is service to Jesus. But then secondly, to be honest, after Jesus, we serve our families. If you can't serve your family, then you have no right serving in the church or beyond that. To be honest, it has to, it has to be working at home. We say this often when we talk about going to the nations and going overseas. If you're not doing it here, you have no right going there and trying to do it. Can I say that again? If it's not working at home, don't try and export it. Because people catch what you have, not what you say you have. They catch who you are, not who you want to be. If it's not working here, don't try and export it. If you can't serve your family, don't go, okay, God, give me a, give, give me a profile, you know, kind of open bigger doors. No, no, start with your family. It's a heart attitude that says, like Jesus, I'm willing to lay down my life. I'm willing to lay down my desires. I'm willing to lay down my comfort. I'm willing to lay down my rights for your sake. I choose your highest. I choose my family's highest. I choose my spouse's highest. I choose my kid's highest. The opposite of love is not anger, it's selfishness. And many of us, profess to love our families, but we act selfishly. Many of us profess to love Jesus, but we act in our own self-interest. It's choosing, the opposite of love is choosing my highest over somebody else's. 
We serve Jesus and we serve our families. The way we serve our families will open doors for us to serve others. The way we don't serve our families will close doors of impact for others. We serve our families by choosing their highest, by choosing what's best for them. We serve them, how? In prayer. So what we talked about in, in, in partnering together in the gospel last week. Number one point was we partnered together in prayer. The number one way we serve our families is in prayer. Why? Because prayer is powerful. Praying for them. We serve them in discipleship. If you have kids, your first area of discipleship is your own kids. I am amazed at how many people want God to open doors for them to disciple others, but they're not even investing in their own kids that are there with you all the time. Often, the reason that we don't do that is because our kids see us all the time. And if what they see at home is different than what they see when you're discipling others, then you've got a disconnect, and that's a problem. By discipling them. What are you discipling them into? What example are you showing them of what it looks like to follow Jesus? What example are you setting of what it looks like, like to spend time in his presence, to put others first, to pray, to, you know, whatever it is. What example do you set for your kids? How are you discipling them? We, we, we serve them in kindness. We serve them in thoughtfulness. We choose to be a servant to our families and not make it all about us. We serve Jesus. We serve our families. Thirdly, we serve our communities. God's placed us in communities so that we can serve them. God's placed you in a place where you live. He's placed you there for a purpose and a reason. It's not by accident that you're here. The Bible says that he's called you for such a time as this. He's given you friendships. He's, he's opened doors in your workplace or in your school. He's placed you there for a reason. You can either be passive in that or you can say, yes, I'm here to serve them and to point them to Jesus. You can either, you can either be influenced by them or you can be the influencer. You can either pray for them and say, God, use me to, 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 to see your impact come to their lives or you can be passive and just kind of go along with the flow. But God's placed us in a place to serve our communities. What are you doing to serve your community? Service flows from a heart of love. We allow God to stir our hearts, whether it's our friendship circle or it's our, you know, the place that we live or it's our workplace, whatever community that you're in, it flows from a heart of love. It's like, it starts like this. It starts with, Jesus, give me your heart for these people. Let me see them the way you see them. When you begin to pray that prayer, oh my gosh, your heart will be transformed. You'll see people differently. Suddenly, you know, rather than the, 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 the brash, cool, hey, you know, bravado, you see the, the brokenness, you see the need. You, you actually go, you know what, I can bring Jesus into this. I can begin to pray for them. You know, rather than, than just the, you know, the, the, the person on the street that you walk by, you actually begin to see the person that Jesus loves and you stop for the one like we talk about. And you kind of go, hey, how can I help you? Why, you know, why, what got you into this place? We serve our communities. Remember, we're a people on mission. We gather and we go, and we gather, and we go. We're not just the gather, 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 gather church. I love that in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit's poured out, 
immediately the city was transformed. It's like as the Holy Spirit was poured out, tongues of fire come, the speaking in tongues. It's like there's, there's like a commotion that's happening and people are drawn to that because like the presence of God is there and God's doing something. And from that place, that like people come and then they go, I can hear them speaking in my own language. And then Peter stands up and shares the gospel and it says in that day, 3,000 were added to the number. We gather and we go and we gather and we go. Too often, the church has become a place where we just gather, and then we gather, and then we gather, and then we gather, and then we gather, and we never go. We never expect anything beyond the four walls. If this is it, guys, we might as well close up today. Sell the building and go do something else. But when we get this heart of gather and go, that we serve our communities as well. Oh, there's power in that. There's power in that place. That's where 3,000 are added in one day. That's where people encounter the presence of God. It can't just be... Jesus Family Church. It has to be community. It has to be mission. We have to love and serve our communities. Fourthly, finally, it's we serve Jesus, we serve our families, we serve our communities, and we serve our church. And let me say this, we don't, it's not an organization. Look around you. We are the church. It's serving each other. Serving church is not putting my name on a roster so that the building stays clean. That's a job for all of us to do. If you see a piece of rubbish, pick it up. That's not serving church. Serving church is how can I serve you, Dave? Because I love you and because God's knit our hearts together, because God's added us together, how can I serve you? Where there's need, how can I meet it? Where, you know, where there's sickness, how can I pray? It's how do we serve each other? It's a, it's a people thing, it's a relational thing. We have to stop thinking institutionally and think relationally. We serve those who are part of the body with us and it's practical. It's a practical outworking of partnership like we talked about last week. When we, when we get this thing of, I don't just attend a meeting but I'm added to these people, our hearts are knit together, then we serve each other and we work through when there's disagreement and we, you know, we, we, we wrestle it out. We don't just break because God's knit us together. How can I break from myself? How can I break from the body that God's put me in? That's why we have to allow Jesus to add us. It's not just where are my needs met? But it's who, have I, who has Jesus knit me together with? And our service doesn't stop once somebody comes into relationship with Jesus. From then, you know, we serve them and then we help them start to serve others. It's like, you know, together we want to get stronger together. We serve out of love. We serve as they serve. Often the best opportunities for discipleship is as we serve along one, alongside one another. Often it opens the doors for discipleship when we say, hey, how can I help you? What do you need? Can we, let, let's go do this together. Oh, look at there's a, there's a need in our community. Let's go serve the community together. And as we go together, that's where we see discipleship happen. We serve through our friendship. We serve through discipleship, through giving our time to the growth of others. We serve through giving our time to things that help the church or others. We serve through our partnership with what God's calling us to together. I could go on about that all day, but we've run out of time, so I'm going to stop there. But it's the heart of serving. We serve Jesus. We serve our families. We serve our community. We serve the church, not to just put our name on a list. It's the heart of this is what we're called to. 
This is the, the practical partnership in the gospel. We want to become more like Jesus. We want our service to reveal Jesus. In everything we do, we want the heart to be that we serve others so that we reveal Jesus. When the musicians stand up here, or they come on a Thursday night, and then they play, and then they, they put the time into it, it's not, it's not so that you see them. It's because they want to serve you so that you see Jesus. When, when Elisha comes and cleans the building, although it's, you know, we pay him to do that once a week, but he does a great job because he wants, when you come, for you to see Jesus. When we go out on the street and we pray for the sick, uh, we want them to be healed so that they see Jesus. When we give them care, care packages, whether they ever come to the meet, a meeting or not, it's so that they see Jesus, that Jesus loves them. We hold him up for those around us to see. We want to be a people whose heart is that people would see Jesus through us. And if that's not where your heart is this morning, then would you ask Jesus to grab your heart and to do some heart surgery with you? I'm not here to bring condemnation this morning. I wanna call you into intimate relationship with Jesus from that place where he softens our hearts, from that place where we got, kinda go, there's nothing else that I can do that's gonna bring me purpose and meaning and fulfillment like serving Jesus with all that I am. We wanna serve Jesus, we wanna serve our families, we wanna serve our communities, we wanna serve each other as the church. And as we talk about partnership in the gospel, and what that practically looks like. As we talk about Jesus adding people to church for a purpose and what that practically looks like. As we talk about service that reveals Jesus. I think we have to be really real. I think we have to be like honest with ourselves. Because what's the point of, uh, of coming and, you know, and doing all this and hearing if we just walk out without actually allowing God to change our hearts? We're going through religious motions. I wanna ask you to ask yourself this today and to go away and pray and ask God. Jesus, is this where you've added me? And if you're new, Jesus, is this where you're adding me? And you might need some, some time. We encourage you to take some time and get to know us and for us to get to know you if you're newer. But ultimately, we don't wanna convince you. We don't wanna try and sell something to you. And maybe you've been in the church for years, but you have never asked that question, Jesus, is this where you're adding me? Because being added is more than attending. Would you honestly go away and ask, seek God, pray fast if you need to, and say, Jesus, is this where you're adding me? If you can't answer yes to that question, go fast and pray. Have grace to take time. If you're new, come and take the time, check us out. But God wants more than just, let's come to a meeting for an hour on a Sunday morning or an hour and a half or an hour and 33 minutes at the moment on a Sunday morning. He wants hearts knit together. Because it's, it's, it's more than this. Then, at, can you ask this? I got two questions, two more questions for you to ask and we're gonna pray. If you, if, if you can say yes, this is where Jesus has added me. Then would you ask, am I actually partnering? Or am I able to partner with what God's called Melbourne Lights Church to, in submission to those he's called to lead this church. You know what he's called us to? To know Jesus and make him known. But it's together. It's not on our own. 
We're not individuals who get together for a meeting on a Sunday morning. We're a community that God's knitting hearts together. Am I actually partnering? And secondly, am I serving with a heart attitude of revealing Jesus? That's the heart surgery stuff. Am I, you might be on every roster, but your heart attitude isn't to reveal Jesus. This morning, he wants to shift. If you can't honestly answer yes to those questions, then either you need to repent and say, God, deal with my heart and get involved, or go find a church where you can answer yes to those questions. I mean, you know, that, you go, whoa, that, you know, I've never heard a pastor say it. Honestly, I want you to find a place where you can say, yes, this is where Jesus is out of me. Yes, I'm partnering. Yes, I'm serving because I want Jesus to be revealed. And if it's here, great, and do it. But if it's not here, then go where God's added you because we want you to be fruitful and to multiply and see the kingdom advance. And we want to be fruitful. This is not a year for us to play games. It never has been, but I want to remind us because it's kind of like, I feel like there's a momentum and God's doing something, but we don't want to just play games. We want to walk into all that God has for us together. And I feel like if you're here this morning and you, you if you're playing games, you know in your own heart. Not, not games in church, but games with Jesus. If you're one thing when you're here and you're another thing when you're at home, stop it and come back to Jesus. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. Humble yourself before Jesus, because we want his presence. Would you stand with me? Jesus, we want nothing more than for you to be glorified. Lord, we don't do this for the name of a church. We don't do this for our own fame, we do this for you and for you alone. Lord, let everything we do be to reveal you. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, if our heart has been anything other than that you would receive all the glory and all the honor and all the adoration, Lord, right now we repent. Lord, and we, we ask you to shift our hearts. Lord, if we've been playing games with you, Lord, if we've been one thing outside of church and another thing when we gather together, Lord, we repent this morning. Lord, we want to be authentic. We want to be real with you. Lord, we invite you right now to come and to do surgery on our hearts. Jesus is saying, stretching out his hand to you this morning, saying there's nowhere you can run from my presence. So would you surrender? Would you let me fill you right now? I want your heart. I want all of you. I want relationship with you. In him there's purpose, in him there's meaning, in him everything that you're looking for and everything else is found in him alone. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you've never made him the Lord of your life, I wanna tell you that if it was only for you, he still would have died on that cross to make a way for you to have relationship with God. If it was only for you, he would have made that sacrifice because he wants to be Lord of your life and he wants to restore you into this beautiful relationship that's full of his presence. If you've never responded to Jesus, I wanna invite you right now to lift your hand up really high and to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Let's so take a moment. I just think every time we gather, we have to create an opportunity. 
because Jesus loves you. Thank you, Lord. For the rest of us, if you're comfortable, would you lift your hands? Simply say this, Jesus, would my life honor and reveal you? Come and fill me right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I bless what you're doing right now, Lord, and I thank you. I thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, come and fill each person. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Louise. I, I, I felt as I was praying this morning, she had a dream a couple nights ago as I was pre preparing for this, and I felt God uh, clearly say this. In your service, um, you'll find your healing. I felt like those who have, who have said, you know, uh, I, I, you know, whatever it is you're going through, you know, I, I can't serve until this happens. Jesus says, no, no, in service, you'll find your healing. Not in the doing, but in revealing him. In serving him, you'll find your healing. And it's time not to sit back anymore. It's time to, to step forward. And I know that sometimes that can be, there can be fear in that. It can be pain that God wants to set you free of. But I hear, heard him clearly say, I don't know if it's for one or for more, but in your service, you'll find your healing. So Lord, we thank you for healing this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord, as we walk in your purposes and your calling, Lord, there is healing and there's wholeness and there's restoration in Jesus' name. Be honored and be glorified in our midst together. Lord, we thank you that as we partner together, Lord, your gospel is advancing. Your kingdom, your rule and reign is coming in our lives and to those around us. We say, use us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give Jesus a hand this morning? hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.